Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, entrepreneurs, small business owners, people raising capital, VCs, whoever you are, thank you so much for tuning in to a new episode. Like I said earlier, my name is Jeff Wenzel. I'm the host. Uh, I'm also the CEO of Woodshed Agency, and this is our podcast. We call it Successfully Funded. Why do we call it that? Well, we talk to project creators while they're in the middle of their campaign. So that way we are getting the most up-to-date information and delivering it to you on what they're doing to be successful, right? Because ultimately you don't want to really want to read a blog about what was great in 2013 on Kickstarter, right? Yeah, I know I'm right. So coming up on today's episode, we're going to be talking to Jason Lamb uh, from the Kickstarter campaign IdleCam. And it is a pocketable 4K gimbal camera. That's right. This guy built one of these things. Um, I don't think you know. I don't think that's your run-of-the-mill type of creator, right? You, most people I know aren't just walking around building 4K cameras um, with a gimbal attached to it, right? And, and and then putting it in your pocket. So yeah, stick around for this interview. It's coming up here in a little bit later. But first, before we get into a fuzzy rant, I wanted to put get away. I want to get put all my work out there. I got to put all my to-do list. I got to check it off here. Uh, so here's the things I would love you for you to do if you were a fan of Successfully Funded and Woodshed Agency. Or maybe you're just a fan of me, I guess. I don't know. But go subscribe to my podcast. So number one, obviously we got the Successfully Funded over on iTunes. But did you know there's a second podcast? It's called Gawkerbacker. Go subscribe to that now. That is a little bit more of a short form uh, and a little bit more loose and wild. So go over to those right now and check out uh, those episodes. Be a subscriber. And then if you like what you hear, leave a review, right? So apparently that's an important thing for iTunes. So we would love if you would do that for me, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Second thing is, make sure you go over and uh, go to the website and interact with us over at woodshed.agency. You know, become a fan, click around, maybe tell a friend, all that sort of stuff. And if you still need more Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, do you still need more? Go over to the Standcast on iTunes as well. That is the third podcast that I am a part of. Uh, and you can listen to me talk about, you know, father issues, dad issues, uh, raising a family, being an entrepreneur in the family. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff over there as well if you want, want to dive in deeper. Okay, uh, my fake producer just told me I got all my, my work out of the way. So let's jump into what's been going on. Well, we've got a big week here. If you are in, out in the west side of Michigan this week, right, if you're over in that area, or maybe even Chicago, down in Indiana, well, the Woodshed Boys are going on the road. Uh, Wednesday, we are going to be uh, over in uh, uh, St. Joseph's, and we are going to be giving a presentation, a little two-hour presentation about crowdfunding, launching a product, um, and it's for Small Business Day, so yeah, May 2nd, we will be over there. I believe we're uh, on around 2 o'clock, I think is what we're on. Uh, and then, like I said, we've got an hour presentation with an hour of Q&A afterwards, so it should be an absolute, uh, just a rager over there. Uh, so again, if you are in that area and you want more information, shoot me an email, jeff at woodshed.agency, and I will be more than happy to, to send that out, uh, send out that info to you. And uh, obviously, you're in the area too, come up and meet me and Sean, we're, in the, we're we're going to be out there hanging. So, um, But boy, I'm a little frustrated too because that's my first game of softball that night. So somehow I'm supposed to be in Dearborn by 5.30. I don't know. I, 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 feel, like, I feel like that might not happen. I'm not sure yet. I'm, 
I got to really sit down and hunker down because, you know, it's, it's opening day, right? And I got a strong arm. I'm ready to pitch. You know, this is a big year for us. We want to win the trophy. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So that's game one. You, you don't want to drop any of these early games. They all matter, right? They all matter. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. What else is happening? Um, had an interesting weekend. We did uh, two video shoots for clients. Actually, three. I'm sorry. We had three video shoots for clients, uh, all from out of the out of the out of the state, coming in town. Um, so we we shot uh, for we have like a little mini documentary for a client that we're making right now. It's actually still the marketing piece that we're making, but we really want to get into stories of of uh, parents and stuff. So we went to a uh, like a, an elementary school hockey or a younger kid's hockey. Uh, tournament slash game i don't even know what what it was on on saturday and shot a a, a wonderful family want to thank you julio for helping us out on that um which was great great footage came off of that uh we had a client in from from uh san francisco we were shooting for a a new fitness bag that's going to be coming to the to the market soon we went to a couple gyms and fitness places and, and got some unbelievable footage there so look for that campaign coming down the road and then last but not least and this is kind of the horror story of of the weekend is you know we had a client from italy that sent us a prototype um and and i think it's 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 important to discuss that there, you know, what a prototype is, right? Um, because there are many stages of it, and I think if you're not somebody that's into design, it's important to understand. Or maybe you're into de- you're in design, but maybe you don't really understand like the functioning of of these prototypes, right? So we had a client that again, we thought we had a prototype on our hands, but really what we had it was a conceptual 3D printed thing, right? So it was sent to us, and it's a golf thing, and we tried to use it, and we went to a golf simulator Friday night, and just this, and it's just for chipping and putting, so not big swings. And this thing kind of disintegrated on us. Um, and it's clearly not designed very well, right? Like you, So this is one of those scenarios where it's challenging for us to be an agency to... You know, we want to obviously always do best for our clients, right? But we've just run into a scenario where your products, I don't think it's ready to go. It, it didn't work. Do you want to see the video of like golfers trying to use it? You, you know, I'm a golfer. Do you want to see me try to use it? it it's, uh, ooh, ooh, you know, and then also it's realizing that like, you know, you don't get a second chance to go out to the public. So when you've got a you know, you're trying to shoot this prototype or this version 2.0 or whatever it is, you really got to make sure it's functioning. Really do. It's it's super important to spend that money and time to make something that's that looks like it is almost you know almost retail ready. And I think that's an important thing that if you're thinking about crowdfunding or running a Kickstarter, any go-go, equity, whatever it might be, that you have as close to a manufactured, ready-for-retail packaging type of product, right? Like you have put all the bells and whistles in. That's what you need to be at. You know, a backer is comfortable saying, all right, you know, we're, we're, we're working on making it a, a little bit smaller because of a new screw or a new battery or whatever it might be, right? But you can't be at like, well, we think think this is about what it's going to look like. Mm. Now, you need to be about 95% sure what it's going to do, function, look like. Um, you know, you can't be making drastic decisions from, a, from you know, r- what you present in a campaign to what somebody gets. It's got to be somewhat in the ballpark, you know? Uh, I can live with, uh, it's a little bit different of an off-white, you know? I can live with that. Uh, okay. But I can't live with, like, Hey, there's no straps on this thing, and now it's really janky and doesn't really work. That's tough, right? That's tough. So, for you people out there thinking about 
creating a product, getting into it. You know, I understand that it takes a lot of time and money and effort, and it's probably a headache. And it might not be your specialty, so you're outsourcing this this portion of it. It is super, super important to put that um, uh, put that time and energy into it, and the money and the resources into it, because. If you put the cart before the horse, you hire the marketing firm, I'm marketing what you give me. I don't know what else to say, but that's what's happening. So kind of my uh, words to the wise out there, if you are a listener and you're thinking about creating a product, spend the time and the resources on that. You know, it, it, Push your marketing back a little bit longer. Make sure you're – when I say prototype, I mean it is like all we really got to do is fix one thing, box this thing up, and you know, reproduce, right? Um, but yeah, so that's my little uh, gift for all of you. Uh, what else is going on? So like I said, follow us on all the other stuff, right? Go follow us. Um, you know, subscribe to the other podcasts. If you're, if you're around St. Joseph's, Michigan, come out and hang out with us uh, on Wednesday. We're going to be there all, all day. Um, if you're in the Dearborn area and want to watch me softball, I know there's a lot of you out there that's interested in watching me play some over 40 men's slow pitch softball. But if you're interested in that too, shoot me an email. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and kick into my conversation. Let's talk to Jason about what it takes to, you know, create a, uh, a pocketable 4K gimbal camera uh, in your spare time, right? Because, again, like I said, I don't think that that's a lot of people. So the, uh, the project is called Idle Cam. If you don't want to listen, you just want to go to Kickstarter right now, go check this out. They only have nine days to go. So it's now or never for some of you out there, right? So go check that out right now. So, all right, let's go ahead and kick into my conversation with Jason. All right, Jason, I have hit the uh, red light, so we are now recording here. But why don't we do a quick sound check? Uh, why don't you tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? I have a cup of soup. And some milk. Okay. What kind of soup? Uh, it's like like a vegetable, um, veg vegetable soup. You know, peas and uh, broccoli and all that stuff. Okay. Nice. 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 All right. Awesome. Well, I think we're sounding good. Let's jump right into it here. So, so why don't you uh, tell my listeners uh, what you are currently raising money for on Kickstarter? I'm working on a camera. Name is Idlecam, and to sum it up, it's one uh, professional video, one click away. So meaning it's a small little camera, like an action camera, that have all kind of little features like three-axis gimbal, interchangeable lenses, um, lighting in one small package. So just enable average person to just um, don't have to buy a lot of accessories to create stable video. Yeah, it's definitely souped up. It's cool looking. So um, here at the agency, we obviously we do a lot of video shoot and uh, and we have tons and tons of gear. Um, and I actually just bought a gimbal for my iPhone the other day. Um, and then I saw this thing and I was like, oh, this thing would replace like 40 pieces of, uh, of gadgets that I have sitting around me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's cool. Uh, it's so, great for. Yeah, so it's what's, great what's for, it great for? Yeah. I think it's great for people who are not very uh, video, um, don't have a 
heavy video background and they just want something that work and easy. Because uh, even if you have a gimbal and a camera, you always have to bring a gimbal and a camera and maybe a small little lighting yep. uh, to just to assemble it. So every time you want to shoot something, you got to go through the same process of like setting it up, breaking it down, setting it up, breaking it down. So if you have like 10 shots in a day, uh, you got to break up and set down 10 times you know, in a day. Right. So this little camera I have, you just pull it out, you turn it on a uh, the power button and it have a mode called quick capture. You, as soon as you, you click that um, power button, it will start um, recording with the gimbal engage. So wow. you instantly you get um, stabilized video straight out. Like, so no, no more setups. So that's, that's the main point of it. That's great. Yeah. So where did this idea kind of come from? I mean, is this something that you, do you build cameras? It seems like this is a, a big undertaking. How, how'd you get started with this? Yeah. So do we go pretty far back or, or you want just the reason why? Like, um, I was a photographer for the longest time and then I got into flying helicopters just for fun as a hobby. Then eventually I, I spent too much time on flying these little remote control helicopters and I combined them into a product uh, probably like six, seven years ago. No, longer than that, maybe like 19 years ago, wow. uh, before DJI actually. So I was back then, I was selling these uh, called helicams, so helicopter, remote control helicopters with cameras. Uh, hmm. They used to go for like $20,000 each. We, we sell them to video professionals. That was pretty good. and. I was more of a artist with an artist background, a little bit of, you know, like uh, tinkering around and don't have a whole lot of business mindset. So didn't know how to grow this business back then. Uh, but, you know, I just keep getting clients. I thought, okay, it's all right. So so we sell them like uh, 20, 20, you know, 20K a pop. Um, later on, then the drone started coming out and I was working on these huge uh, with hexacopters. Hmm. So they have six propellers instead of four propellers that you see on most uh, consumer drones. Uh, they carry these big cameras with professionals again, and then we, we sold them for about $12,000 each. Then later on, uh, we got into the gimbal business. Uh, I'm not sure if you know Ronin and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Freefly. Yep. So we, we created a, a product very similar to that. Um, so I, it was... A, because it was very natural for us to create a gimbal because we have all the knowledge to do it. So we had we made one pretty quick. And that same year, I thought I was pretty stroked. You know, I was pretty excited about going out and exhibiting in any NAB. And that same year, all of a sudden, like 25 other companies had the same similar product. So right, it just right. came to mind, like, wow, okay. You know, it's good to have a product be one of the first few to have something, but I just felt something that, you know, um, because it's not like very unique, well, it's, it's, it's still ahead of time. So you still could make really good money with it, with the right marketing. For me, I guess I was always going after something that like, um, that was just, you know, it's different and you don't have to market as much because back then I'm not very, uh, I don't have a heavy marketing background and then mm -hmm. we don't have a whole lot of fun to market these stuff, right? right so right. we just keep searching for something that's unique and give us an edge, like something that will uh, stick. You know? Yeah. So we'll just keep searching. 
Yeah, um, this one does it for sure. I mean, this one it packs a lot of features uh, into a tiny package. It's 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 really awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I actually ran another Kickstarter called the Enero. Enero was a pocket-sized drone. Because back then we were building these big drones, so I built a little camera called the pocket-sized drone. Um, but at the time, I had a partner, a manufacturing partner that was uh, that agreed to work with me. But that was over email and phone calls, right? So we mm-hmm. never we met in person. So while I was running the campaign, we were like doing pretty well. We got $150,000 roughly around there. Mm-hmm. And then midway, they say, oh, we, we can't work together. And then, da, 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 you know, so... So I was pretty bumped out, and I just, I just don't want to like not be able to deliver. So I actually canceled the project. Right. Yeah, wow. and then I went back to the drawing board. Drawing board, and then uh, I was actually work, I was thinking, you know, that that thing, uh, someone's gonna have the same idea pretty pretty soon, and it's gonna be pretty. Uh, I don't want to be like the second person to have this uh, gimbal. I mean, this uh, drone. So I went back, and I was just working on more products. So I was working on a transforming drone. Um, so halfway through, I was just thinking maybe I could just split the project in two because there's a market for definitely for a market for pocket-sized uh, gimbal. Because I I built these big gimbal. I love I love the image I get from them. The mm-hmm. problem was um, it's too bulky. I can't use them all the time. So I figure I need something that's small. But then like. I like a lot of the action cameras that they're very small, but then they just didn't give me the, the image quality that I want. So I figured I could just, uh, I feel like there's a market in there. So that's why, sure. I, why I drop in there. Yeah. So, so what does, uh, what does this record to since there's no, uh, there's no iPhone stuff. What does it record to uh, some sort of a hard drive or something? How, what does it record to? Uh, micro SD cards. Micro SD cards. Oh, micro SD cards. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and it shoots, it looks like it says it shoots up to 4K. So it, 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 so it shoots really nice high quality, it looks like, right? Yeah, it's 4K. Uh, native. So um, same, you know, Sony sensor and Amabella um, ISPs. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the, like, the lenses. that that It looks like you can swap out lenses and stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, for for me, because I I was coming from more of a uh, professional background in photography, there's always a kind of like a urge for me to like you know I would like to have the flexibility of like changing perspective. I just felt like um, a lot of smaller cameras they have the size, but then they just don't give you the flexibility. I, I guess you could change the perspective with the digital zoom, but I, you know mm. maybe just my problem. Like I, I'm being a photographer, I just I'm more of like I need to have the native um, imagery versus like having a, a digital zoom and all sure. that stuff. Yeah, so so I was just looking into like you know how can I do a interchangeable lenses because I know there are some other lenses out there that are using M twelve threads, which is like what you know a lot of the action cameras are using. So I, I know there's lenses out there, and then I, I asked a lot of manufacturers and designers. Who you know in the cam industry uh, see if that's possible? They, a lot of them they told me it's not possible, at least like from what they've been doing it. So I was just keep thinking about it, and then I figure out how to do it. Yeah, so that's cool. That's um, cool. Well, let's yeah, go so back a little bit. 
let's go back a little bit. So where did you grow up? I I was born in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved out here to the States when I was about 9, 10 years old. Okay. And I grew up in San Francisco. Nice. And like, what, like what's your parents doing stuff? Uh, my parents, they, uh, my, my dad runs a restaurant back then. He, they're, he, they're retired mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. yeah. So did you have in your mind, like always kind of being an entrepreneur, did you always have that kind of, that, that drive? For me, like, uh, even since maybe, uh, high school, I always want to be a, a baseball player or a <laughs> basketball player. Then I I got pretty good at it, but then I I guess it was the size and then the confidence. So I later on I discovered photography. I like photography a lot, so mm-hmm. I study in photography. I move out to New York after college and become a photographer. Yeah, I always have this urge. Like, I mean, I mean, I I don't want to work in the office. That's that was just that was just it. Like I just know I don't want to work in the office. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. That that was the main thing. That's cool. Well, let's flip over to this Kickstarter. Um, let, let's let's break this down a little bit. So, uh, so you're currently you have, you know when we're talking, you have 15 days to go. You have over 270 backers, and you've doubled your goal. Your your goal was 50,000. You're sitting at 101. Um, so, you know, what was kind of the idea behind the strategies to get this this campaign launched and make sure that you're successful? Uh, what was some of the behind the scenes conversations like? Um, in terms of like, it, it, it was, I didn't have a whole lot of strategy, but I talked to a few friends who ran a campaign before and I kind of get the consistent, like you want to get about 2000, uh, signups mm-hmm. on the emails before you want to uh, do a launch and they're suggesting the more, the better, but 2000 is probably your minimal. And I was pressing for time. I want to like get this thing out soon. So as soon as I got to about 2000, I just like, oh, I need to, you know, keep moving. Right, right. So yeah, I I wanted to like accumulate more, more, um, more, you know, more, more backers, not backers, but like, you know, subscribers. Mm -hmm. But like I launched around 2000. Okay. Yeah. And and did you do, how did you get those 2000? Were you running Facebook ads? Were you doing lead gen? What, What were you doing behind the scenes? I was doing Facebook ads and I have no, no idea how to do it. I was just like, you know, just looking around and, uh, people say you do a, a landing page and drive them to your landing page and hopefully they sign up. Yeah. That, that's how I did it. Cool. Cool. Did you yeah. have any sort of metrics that you were going for outside of the 2000 signups where you, you know, we wanted to make sure our cost per lead were, I don't know, a dollar, two dollars. I mean, did you have any other metrics that you were working with? I did have that. I was, you know, trying to uh, keep it as low as possible, and I think my leads were like maybe a dollar twenty-five each or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and then um, what? What else? Then I had a survey on my um, on my uh, uh, landing page and asking them like what they feel about what's their impression of Idocam and how likely are they going to buy it. So the response was pretty good. Like most of them say it was, it's a must have. So I felt pretty good. So that's, that's uh, why I just, you know, about 2000 subscriber, I pulled the trigger. That's cool. And, and and did you have any sort of, um, 
sort of scenarios around like the goal? How did you come up with that? I mean, I'm sure if you're making a camera, you probably need more than 50,000, but, but how did you come up with like the goal number? That 50,000 is definitely not enough. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just more of like how everybody's setting it up about 50,000, uh, 40,000. And there's a strategy behind that too. Like, um, thing it's like, you want to, from what I've been hearing, I, from a lot of different creators and I even talked to this one uh, lady that works in uh, Kickstarter and also another lady works in uh, Indiegogo. They told me the same thing. The first one day is most critical and the closer you're um, to the actual funding goal, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I don't want to set it too high because if you can't reach it, then they don't, Kind of like they don't have that uh, algorithm or something right, like yeah. that. Yeah, the uh, algorithm works that's against. what I heard. So, yeah. so that's why I, mean, I want to set a goal that's like doesn't look too low, but then it's still reasonable within reach. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, so has there been any like major roadblocks or anything when you're designing the idle cam? Has there been anything that you just couldn't do, or or you uh, or you just you can't get through something? Yeah, it was a wire, communication wire from the sensors to the camera. That took a long time to figure it out. And even the the company that works on camera, I've been working with them for a while. They don't even know what the solution was. I have to do a lot of research and then talk to a lot of different people to sort of find the uh, solutions for it. Yeah, that, that was like a two to three month setback. I think. Wow. Yeah, uh, that was more than three months setback, yeah. So, so sort of on the flip side of that, though, um, was there a moment, though, where you either got the prototype or, or got to shoot something with it that you knew you had something? Was there any moment like that where you just, man, you knew you had a home run? Soon as I saw the, um, the prototype, not, not like the working prototype, just the model of it, mm -hmm. I, I already felt like, hmm, this is it's definitely something people are interested in. I showed it to a few friends. They, they thought it's really cool looking. So just, just from the, the actual, um, you know, just the model, I thought it was something I could work with. That's cool. So yeah. with 15 days to go in the campaign, what are you doing to kind of keep the momentum going and, and keep, you know, potential backers from seeing your uh, campaign? I just did a lot of uh, changes yesterday. I was just, because the last 10, 15 day, I was just... Uh, really busy you know answering different people's uh messages and trying to figure out how to uh, target the facebook ad better because uh, right now the return isn't that great um so uh right now i, I think tomorrow i'm going to try to reach out to a lot of press and then um i'm just trying to target the the audience a little better. I'm still testing on the Facebook uh, targeting. It, mm -hmm. It's it's a little elusive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the first, I would say, um, it, uh, well, what I really learned is people who sign up, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily they will convert. Like it's a totally di uh, different story. Like I thought I found an audience that are uh, reacting pretty well. Like they really react really well, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. They sign up and a lot of comments. I get so much comments and people are saying, oh, yeah, it's a must buy. Then, you know, it's still when, when you do start to launch it, that's when you really find out how many people really are going to convert. Right. Because right. a lot of people are not can't. 
they don't want to pay something that's like six months, maybe even longer till they get something. Right. So you really, really, really need to narrow down your audience. That's what I find out. Like you can't just like spray your marketing and you just killing your marketing dollar like like you know. <laughs> Like great, you know, like no small. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and it, it seems like too when you have a higher price tier, right? It's not an impulse buy, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, I have to think about spending three hundred seventy-five bucks on something, you know. Um, yeah. And that takes that takes more retargeting and people seeing it three or four, or five, six, seven times before they're like, all right, I need this thing. I got to pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, you know. What does kind of the next, uh, you know, as soon as the, you know, you got 15 days to go when the money drops and, and you're kind of sitting there and you, what, what starts to become the next steps to, to get uh, the product out to backers? I'm moving out to China again. Uh, I was there for a year uh, before I started this project. I was out there and working on this prototype for one year. So as soon as the campaign ends, I'm heading back there again and just like really work on the next phase. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, finishing up some of the iterations, some of the minor issues that I have had with it, changed the uh, PCB a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. fine tune some, some stuff. And then uh, do some more testing and see what else needs to change. And then hopefully that's it. And then um, then go to start doing certifications, start, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think. As uh, soon as that's that's good, then hopefully that the next step is uh, manufacturing. Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's a lot of work. A lot of work ahead of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what has to happen? You mentioned certifications. Kind of, can you give us like a kind of a, a ballpark as to what that looks like? I guess I've never thought about certifications in in a product like this. Yeah. So uh, we try to. Use, well, mainly is. Uh, any electronics, you need to go through certifications, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, uh, you you can't sell like bulk into a country. You might be able to drop ship here a few here and there, but you can't like go into a country in volume and try to sell it there, right? So if right. I want to sell in the U.S., I need to have FCC. If I want to sell in Europe, I need to have CE. And then they all have to go to a lab and they need to test like your uh, radio frequencies or I, I don't know exactly, but <laughs> awesome. I know that's a process. Wow. Yeah. So they have to like use, um, different instruments to measure. If you, you meet the standard, if not, then you got to go back and retweet your, uh, PCBs. Wow. Well, yeah. that, that could be a headache. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, where can people find out more information? Like how can people dive into your world here? Kind of look up, learn about idle cam. Uh, how do people learn more? Uh, right now, it's just uh, YouTube, my YouTube channel. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, IdleCam, I believe. You could just uh, type in IdleCam in YouTube, and you're able to see a whole lot of video about it. Or go to our website, idlecam.co, okay. and you will get the whole story. And there's actually a vlog, uh, vlog uh, page there, too, so you could learn more. That's great. Well, Jason, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because you're in the middle of a campaign, and I know it's a busy time here. But Jason, I want to, I want to, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk about your about your campaign. It's it looks like a very cool product and uh, one that I'm excited to see hit the market. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of users for it. So, Jason, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Jeff. 
All right, I want to uh, say thanks again to Jason for taking time out of his day to uh, to take you know to do this interview. It was great. Uh, obviously, it was a little bit of a challenging conversation. I was trying to pull as much as I could out of there, but you know, what are you going to do, right? Um, but yeah, this is an interesting campaign. There's no doubt about it. As somebody who shoots camera and, and has to shoot himself sometimes with with uh, gimbals and iPhones, this was an interesting, interesting product. So, Jason, I wish you all the best on it. Uh, the song we are listening to right now is a Sugar People song. Uh, it's called. Let's what do we listen to? Let's listen to Honey today. We're going to listen to Honey. Uh, it's off an album that you never heard. Um, I'm I'm still waiting. I might put out put out the new version, uh, the new album here soon on Spotify. I'm, I just got to get to it. It's a timing problem. But I hope you guys all have a, a great couple days here. And we're gonna have another episode coming to you on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. So thanks again, everybody. Sniffing a line, you know, no, 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 you shouldn't try it. How about we try a better blast? You know, no, 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 it'll work a little faster. You realize the trail that you're looking for is hiding. I keep on missing, maybe it's because I'm out of veins. Get a little bit, little, little, little bit more. Find it, sunshine, sunshine, and more. Think I was a chameleon, changing for no good reason. Keep on telling me that it is the only way that we